Hello and welcome to the Clever Pub podcast. We are your co-hosts, Christine and Melanie. Please join us each week as we talk about practical dog training and problem-solving solutions to help you enjoy every minute with your dog. We believe that every human-canine relationship deserves the most humane dog training methods based on the latest scientific research. No matter where you live, we are here to inspire you. All right, let's talk about dogs. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Clever Pet Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about greetings, um, mostly people greetings. So like yeah. all the things that kind of go down when our dogs see and greet humans. Yeah, when they want to communicate with people. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's such a big topic, greetings, that we kind of had to cut it down into this very specific greeting. Otherwise, it would have been ended up in... I don't know, three, four hours yeah. of an episode. So um, we wanted to focus on people greeting uh, first. <laughs> and I, I didn't even make that many notes about it because my dog, Pepper... Um, is a case study. Yeah. She, <laughs> <laughs> she is this big um, kind of 70-pound doodly, young adolescent doodly. She's actually kind of about... She's older now. She's about four years old. You want to explain what a doodle means? Yeah. I, I feel like in the city, there's doodles everywhere. Yeah. But we, not everywhere. Yeah. We should qualify that. I always say that when it's a, some kind of a poodle mix, yes. which have gotten really popular. Obviously, they started out with labradoodles, and then there were golden, golden doodles, doodles and, then there was, and then now they're mixing everything with poodles. <laughs> she doesn't have a curly yes. coat. She has kind of a shaggy coat. She looks a little bit like a... Schnauzer. Yeah, she looks, I think, that was, so my mom got her from the shelter, and they thought she was a giant schnauzer, and then she was a little bit too much for my mom to deal with, so she became my dog, but somebody else had brought her to the shelter when she was about eight months old, and I'm guessing she might have just been too much of a handful for them, too, and it's interesting because actually a lot of, um, and Melanie and I have both worked with a lot of what we call doodles, different poodle mixes, because <laughs> doodles are sport dogs and they're also often mixed with other sport dogs. So I think Pepper is probably a first generation Labradoodle. That's what I think she probably is. Or she could be a Schnauzer doodle. But in any case, those are really athletic, high energy sport dogs. And then you're getting a mix of those personalities and they're also bred for sociability so they're picking dogs that are extremely friendly i think that's the reason why they choose poodles yeah. right because of the friendliness yeah towards strangers I think so. and other dogs and also because of their coats i think the reason the oh, whole thing yeah. started so free. yeah the original one okay i could be wrong about this but in my memory they made a, a labradoodle in i think it was in australia or somewhere and it was a guy who was training service dogs for the blind mm -hmm. and he had somebody who was allergic to dogs that wanted a service dog yeah. so they decided to make they wanted a labrador but they wanted the poodle coat and so that's how the whole thing got started so yeah. i like read a very funny article about his opinion on it his wave that he started was the yeah. poodling into all of the breeds and he was kind of unhappy with how I this mean, all turned out and it just started with like you said with just this one or two cases that they had higher um yeah allergic 
people needing service animals. It's positively insane how many of them are around. I mean, we live in a city where they're popular, so I don't know if it's oh, like yeah. this everywhere, but I, I can't, you can't walk down the street without seeing one ever. Yeah, anywhere. when I worked as a facility, when I worked in a daycare, I mean, maybe a quarter of yeah. the dogs daily, yeah. they are doodles in all kinds of sizes, ages. Yeah. Breeds. Same and... for me when I was at the training center for like two years, there was not a single week without one. Without one. <laughs> we always had at least one, sometimes more than one. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they had a really wide variety of personalities because, you know, because they're, they're mixing together two breed types, you get this sort of cauldron of personality traits that might surface. So we saw a lot of. so. I think a lot of people who want those dogs have an expectation that their personality is going to be a certain way, and um, and we Goofy saw and friendly. yeah, which you know a lot of them do have an element of that. But I was really, really, really common to see what I see in my dog, which is um, a little bit high strung, kind of high energy. It's hard to keep them. Um, it's hard to meet their needs in terms of just mental and physical activity that they need to do they have that kind of working you know if you don't have a couple hours to dedicate to your dog every day to keep them mentally and physically fulfilled you're gonna have a problem on your hands because they're gonna find ways you know they're gonna find other ways to do it so relaxing seems hard for them yeah in general for like a, a lot of them for yeah. a lot of them yeah they seem to have a hard time to especially in very energetic situations which in a daycare, it's always energetic. It's it's kind of stressful for some of the dogs. They have a hard, like the doodles. Almost like I maybe know two between all the fifty doodles that I met that are actually lying down in a daycare and actually relaxing. All of the others are play, 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 play all the time. Yeah, it took a long time. That was kind of the main thing that I worked on with Pepper because training her to greet a person wasn't even really possible. I mean, it backfired in my face when I first started to train it, just because her emotional response to it was so heightened. I What I had to focus on for a really long time was, you know, getting her needs met so that she felt, and teaching her how to calm down, and teaching her how to be calm in a variety of different situations. And even after a couple of years, it's something we're still working on. There's still places that we go where she's just, you know, I can see her little brain exploding and she can't really Really and it's a on. very hard behavior yeah. you know so like greetings and recall I think out of my perspective are one of the hardest things to train so out of the same reasons they are very unpredictable you're having to try those behaviors in very unpredictable situations with recall there could be like a squirrel on the end of the on the end of the field your dog is off leash and it's hard to get them back if they have some kind of hunting instinct in them. Yeah. So, and um, all, all kinds of other situations, and the same thing with greetings. All of the people are different. All of the dogs are different. The context is mostly different. You have, you're taking them to a restaurant, to a brewery, and you have a different context. You're taking them on a walk on the street, you have a different context. You have them off leash on a trail, and you have a different context. So it's like, so many, many factors that count into the greeting part. It's extremely, extremely hard to train. Yeah, I totally agree. And they act differently in all of those contests and they all pile on top of each other, you know? So there's like off leash at the dog park, 
you know, is easier than off leash in, you know, a brand new environment that she's never been in before. And, and, and there happens to be bunnies around or something. Those are like, you know, different. And then if she's on a leash, she's much more likely to jump than if she's off a leash. And if, if there's people coming to my home, like having to greet people that have come into her home is probably the most exciting and crazy thing for her. So those are just like situational contexts. And then you layer on top of that, what the person is like that she's meeting and like how what they're doing and how they're behaving with her and what they smell like and all of that and then you have a whole other layer of of context on top of it and so yeah and those yeah. behaviors from people who make it more likely to get a calmer reaction from mm -hmm. dogs yeah but um you also have to train them to deal with behaviors from people that make them more excitable for dogs like, especially with big breeds, people tend to be like, oh my god, you're so cute, and then they're getting all the attention, and then it's getting too much. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, they're basically inviting the big goofiness into their into their arms and into their hands to greet them, yeah. but if they get it, <laughs> they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> it is so hard for us as humans, and this is something I had to be really compassionate about with the people that were saying hi to her is that she is stinking adorable she's so cute she practically like her ears go up and her mouth gets kind of wide and her front feet are like hovering off the ground up and down and she just looks bounciness. yeah she just looks so visibly thrilled to see you like you just like you're a, a movie star and she just can't even handle how happy she is it's really hard for humans not to be like oh hi puppy you know and that always escalates it but it's almost impossible for us to not if we like dogs and we see a dog doing that it's really hard for us to not be like hi dog you know i even did it um, yeah. three days ago with a spaniel <laughs> puppy i could see like he was she was just staring at me and getting to bounce and did like so many cute behaviors and I asked like can I just say hi and I went down and I got all the puppy kisses <laughs> I could not pass her even though I know better and I should not greet <laughs> someone to leash I like that but I oh, I couldn't resist that cute face it's something about puppies and I I feel like that's another huge pitfall for dogs that makes me kind of sad even if you don't have a, a hypersocial greeter I feel like it's very ingrained in a lot of people that we have to socialize our puppy and part of socializing our puppy is meeting lots of people we think or meeting lots of dogs and that's true you should let your puppy have experiences like that but puppies often especially if you have a really cute puppy they often don't learn that Sometimes you have to walk by people even if you wanted to say hi to them. And if they spend the whole first chunk of their life getting to say hi to almost everybody because they're so cute, and then all of a sudden they grow up a little bit and, you know, they can't do that anymore, it's really frustrating and kind of heartbreaking for a lot of them. And they're I had this pitfall with my dog. So when I had her as a puppy, she, she had, was always nervous around people and greeting people. But she reacted really extremely well to high-pitched woman voices. So every time a woman came by and was like, oh my god, such a cute puppy! She was all wiggly and cute and wanted to have the greeting. And when she got into her teenager years, when she got a little bit bigger, and she kind of lost her first cuteness, you know, when everybody wants to pet her. She just basically saw women talking high-pitched to themselves or with another dog, and she was just going for them. 
and then they ignored her and all those kinds of things and I could see how <laughs> how surprising it was for her you know before she always gets this this reaction towards her and then it changed especially with big breeds I think it's a big downfall you know because they're tiny and cute if you just get them but a great dane and um, not everybody wants to say hello to a grown-up big um, great dane anymore so and then they might even go on the other side of the road and the dog's like oh like, yeah, I really like people, and I want everybody leaves me alone. Yeah. I don't think sometimes I don't think people realize like how hard it is for dogs, you know, to sort of modulate their feelings around that, and it's really hard for people to deal with. I don't know. That's just a, it's a really challenging behavior, and I did a lot of different things with Pepper. Some of them were more successful than others. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that I tried with her was a complete disaster, which is that. Um, and this is, so this is actually something you should know about training. Training is very contextual. So the, the training scenario that I'm describing, that I'm about to describe, it might work great with another dog, you know, like it might actually work. The idea... It might have worked with mine. Yeah, it might have. It was much calmer. Yeah. In her <laughs> case, like, I, I think I just didn't fully take in her, like, escalating emotional kind of excitement or overexcitement about the situation and, and the capacity for it to just build and build and build. So my idea was that she would kind of bounce in. When she first would go in, she'd arrive and then the person would start to touch her and lick her, you know, she'd lick her hand and she wouldn't go up quite yet. So I had, I felt like I had this little moment where she hadn't jumped yet that I could call her back to me and say, good job, you know, and then you have... You wanted to capture, basically, yeah. like the all four paws on the floor in the grading process. Right. exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I was like, that's what I was trying to do. But then when she came back to me, she was essentially kind of like greeting me too. And I had marked her and given her a cookie. So basically what just happened is she <laughs> greeted someone, so her emotional level, you know, went up. And then she came back to me and her emotional level went up more. And then she got a treat and it went up even more. And then what would happen is she would start to like bounce back and forth between me and the person and just completely spaz Undeciding out. what she wants to do. Yeah. Like, so I want to say hello. I want to have the cookie. I want to say hello to mama. I want to say hello. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... It turned yeah. into this crazy this kind behavior of behavior shame. Yeah, it was like a crazy. She was like a crazy yo giant yo-yo. It was just bananas. And then the funny thing was, I realized after doing that a few times that it was not a good idea. But it easily took like six months for that behavior to disappear, just from just from like training it like two or three times before I was like, oh, I'm not gonna do this anymore. And then she kept doing this crazy yo-yo thing for yeah for a really long time after that. that's probably very reinforcing for her yeah i mean the greeting she likes the greeting she yeah. likes people yeah and then coming back to you she wanted to have a cookie yeah <laughs> so i can totally see how that stuck yeah with her one thing that worked really well so like after the yo-yo failure I would still taking her to the dog park and she would get really excited about every person that went by and she would kind of bounce up to them. So the next thing that I tried was that I would call her, I still would call her back because at this point she was off leash, which actually made it a little bit easier for her to greet people off leash than on leash. Always makes it harder for dogs, I think, because the restraint tends to... less options. Yeah, and 
Yeah, the restraint almost always made her, her paws go up. So off-leash was already a little better, but so this time I would call her back and then instead of giving her a cookie, I would start throwing her ball for her. So basically I was making, because the the park that we went to, we were moving through the park and other people were moving through the park as well. So basically after she came back to me, I was able to use the ball as a reinforcer, but I was also able to create a ton of distance between her and the other dog because she was chasing the ball. That person was moving and that I could start moving in a different direction. So by the time she came back to me, that person was already pretty far away from us. And that was really successful. I did that at the dog park for a long time and I built a really strong behavior of her starting to do the greeting but then coming back and then completely disengaging from that person. How did you do it on the leash? Um, on the Without leash. Without getting this bounce back. Yeah, so on the leash I started to, and this was actually really, really hard to do, I started to just not let her greet people and I would drop treats on the ground. So I do basically I would do a treat scatter. So So calming her down in the in the context of potentially greeting them without greeting them. Yeah. And what was interesting is I would ask people not to greet her yet because I wanted to give her a chance to calm down. But but interestingly, like after she calmed down, people rarely greeted her after that. So Because she wasn't that into it anymore yeah you know she wasn't that flirty and bouncy towards them anymore yeah so we practiced that a lot so basically what would happen is we would arrive and I would say hi to the person start talking and then I would do a treat scatter on the ground and she would search for the treats and if she tried to bounce towards the person I would just hold her closer to me so that she didn't have the option to reach them it would just made it impossible for her to get all the way to them And then once we kept talking, her excitement level would go down and down and down. And then I would drop all the leash pressure um, from the leash so that she actually at that point could have run up to the person if she wanted to. And But I kept dropping treats a little bit and talking to the person. And basically the whole mood of excitement just deflated. And then over time... Um, she did more and more greetings after that initial deflation. But what happened is she started to predict that when I started talking to someone, that she probably <laughs> wasn't going to get to go do that crazy excited. And and I don't think I told you what her greeting was like. She's like, she's a big dog and she's also very, very tall like, and strong and strong, pretty muscly. So she would, she would jump up to them. Um, she wouldn't jump at first, but then, uh, she would start to jump, and then she, and then the people usually. The other thing that was not helpful is people start to try to tell your dog to do things. Like as soon as the dog gets excited, and then they get the dog more excited, then they start going sit off, no, this and that. And so Pepper would often sit, but then she'd put her paws back up after she was sitting, and and the person on the person's arms, and then she'd just very gently start chomping all over their forearm. She still kind of does that. It's she's, it's. I would almost can't, I mean it's a mouthy behavior but I almost can't call it that because it's so ridiculously gentle she's like I'm mouthing you so I mean she does it to you still sometimes yes, right all the time <laughs> actually <laughs> but, uh, at least during the greeting <laughs> so anyway so now when I greet people her expectation is that she just isn't going to have an opportunity to jump all over them if she's on the leash so Melanie's comes over to my house. So the last portion that we haven't made very much progress yet is that people arrive at the house and then, you know, all hell breaks loose. So that's kind of like our last training 
project. <laughs> yeah, the, the interesting yeah. thing is, um, so I, I recognize if I, especially with the very social animals, if I go into them and I have my handfuls, I tend to have get much more jumping up on me because I cannot pet them, right? So like the last time I was with you at your house, so I basically had something on my left hand and something on my right hand. And I don't know why I didn't consider putting it down before I actually go into the yard, but I didn't put it down before I went into the yard. So it took me like a few seconds to get rid of the stuff in my hands, which like your both dogs and we waited for my hands to arrive, you know, to get yeah. ahead and everything. So I got jumping, you know, it was very interesting. So like the things that I do all the time is going down, you know, like normally the first thing that I do, I get into a dog area. If I do go in a daycare, I'm walking around, you know, I don't go down <laughs> because it's dangerous. Yeah. But like you're walking around like a tree kind of thing, you don't touch them, you have your hands on you, all those kinds of things. But with your dogs, I'm mostly getting into the yard, I'm going down, I'm just going to greet them down. Which is less likely that they actually will jump up because there's no need to jump up. Everything that they want to reach and they want to get access to and want to get reinforced by is all in their height. Yeah, basically. <laughs> so they they're trying like they want to get to your face. They want to get yes, close they want to get licking. Yeah, yeah, they want to give kisses. So um, yeah. And and typically, if I had so Melanie got sort of um jumped on a little bit, but typically if it, but she's typically really good at um at greeting them. But normally, what I would do if someone was coming to my house is I would just have Pepper on a leash. I just wouldn't let her run up to people like that. And I shouldn't, I won't do it for you anymore either. I feel oh, it's really like, sick. I think it's my pregnancy brain. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I like know. Sometimes I'm just not considering something. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm ending up in this situation, I'm like, oh, could have been so much better yeah. if I would just have recognized that before. And I think I do the same thing. I was, in my mind, I was like, oh, it's Melanie, it'll be fine. And then, you know, they were too much. And I was like, oh, why didn't I manage that better? So <laughs> it happens sometimes. We make mental notes and do a better job next time. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing, right? Yeah. So seeing the context, seeing the situation, if something is, like, not to our liking, we change the something. We change something the next time, yeah. basically. And I know that I'm doing much, much better if I go down directly. <laughs> Which I should have done. <laughs> but, like, um, one thing that's, like, extremely hard for um, greetings are cue triggers. You know, like, um, you're walking... Um, on the streets, are uh, you being off leash in a trail, off leash in a dog park, and there are many, many um, signs around you that shows your dog, oh, it's happening. You know, there's a greeting coming. So, and um, those could be eye contact. You know, like um, I always tell people if they're afraid of dogs, don't look at them. If you feel like you need to look at them because you want to keep an eye on the monster that comes your way, try to look a little bit around them, not in their face, maybe on their ass, on the tail. Or just look out of the side of your eye. Yeah, yeah. try to have your. Yeah, exactly. You try to have. It looks you know, like your whole body is going straight forward, but your eyes are actually looking to the right or to the left. Because if you're giving them so much attention and you're like, oh, and you're just staring at them and being very focused on them, they feel the attention. They feel like, oh, the person is interesting in me. And then they want to greet. And if a person is afraid <laughs> of dogs, they don't want to have the greeting. So I had this situation. So my dog is extremely bad with greetings, out of a completely different context as with yours. 
Yours is hyper social. She just wants to say hello to everybody. My dog wants to avoid all the greeting. <laughs> so if she gets into a greeting, she's extremely awkward. So in a health situation, she was completely happy. Or, um, she was on leash, on a trail, and just a great day, right? On the end of the trail. So and the trail was kind of narrow. So we maybe had four or five feet distance. And there was like a family coming, lots of um, hikers our way. So and I was pretty much focused on the mud on my on my feet. So I was basically looking around that I don't step in all of the big puddles in front of me. And I didn't look at my dog because on trails she's extremely good. She ignores all of it. You know, she has almost no overreactions on trails. Which is also something that we have to do in a podcast, the difference context reactions <laughs> has to be something that we do talk about at some point but she so she was extremely good and then there was a person who stared at my dog which my dog got curious so she just has this amazing body language looked extremely cute i was very happy with her that she didn't growl at the person she looked extremely friendly and just was like very curious like oh you're looking at me and then she went into her bubble into the person's bubble and then i just hear her shouting crying putting her hands up like i'm afraid of dogs i'm afraid of dogs oh no yeah and she was like right in front of mine Cass, <laughs> standing maybe two feet away from her just staring at this behavior from the person in front of her and just not moving and I got my dog away and the only thing that I saw was like communicate with me you know she could have said something to me I mean she saw that I was not looking at my dog and she saw that I didn't care about the hikers that came my way you know so my dog had the had the space basically to do whatever she wants to and 99% of the time she ignores people but this person was so much communicating with my dog so she got her attention but she didn't want to have her attention <laughs> so interesting yeah and she yeah it was like a whole mess and i was like i know that many people react i don't know almost rude if somebody tells you they are afraid of dogs but i feel like it's so important to tell me that you know i mean she doesn't have to say i have a monster on the leash but just like give me heads up Basically, like, um, I'm afraid of dogs. Would you take them closer to you? And it's not a problem. Yeah. I would just take her to the right exactly. side and would have passed her, passed her without a problem. She probably feels some kind of social pressure to not do that. I know. know. Yeah, especially probably in Seattle. <coughs> yeah. So the, the, the city that we live in, I think it's at least the most dog-friendly place that I ever lived in, that I know in the whole in the whole world, basically. I'm not... I don't say that that's not a place that's even more dog-friendly than Seattle, but Seattle is extreme dog-friendly. There are even more dogs here than kids, which was a surprising fact <laughs> about Seattle. So, um, so, yeah, you're probably right. So she probably, I mean, her reactions of her peers, they laughed. Not at my dog or my reactions, they laughed at her. You know, because of her reaction, especially since my dog was so calm and just curious. <laughs> You I know, think it's just a shame that pe people don't understand. People have such a, I don't know, people, I wish, what am I trying to say? I wish people understood dog language better. Because if somebody had just told her, if you completely ignore a dog, you're much more likely to have the dog not pay attention to you at all. That's true for most dogs. 
to yeah. you. Yeah. So that's why I'm saying. So if you don't want to communicate with them, you know, eye contact is a trigger for the bounciness and the really friendliness if they are friendly. And if you don't want to have that, look outside, you know, keep still, maybe look with your face straight and look eyes them. Or look at their tail or their ass, not on their eye contact. Don't yeah. try to find eye contact. <laughs> if you find eye contact, you get it. And then you also get the attention, <laughs> basically. And be a network for yourself. Basically, try to make get yourself a little bit more space. It's not a shame. I'm afraid of horses. I love horses. But I would never be on a field with an off-leash horse. <laughs> I'm not afraid. Why am I afraid? I don't know about that much about their behavior and their gigantic animals. You know, so, and I got attacked once as a kid. So I, I love them. They are beautiful. And I would love to know more about their language, you know, their body language and everything. But I don't know. That's why I'm afraid. So that's not a shame at all. They just need to communicate with a person who loves dogs <laughs> to keep their dogs closer. And especially here in our environment, we tend to, I don't know, don't see that, basically. You don't expect people to be afraid of dogs because it doesn't happen that often here. Most yeah. people want to say hello to your dog. I actually have to... My dog actually wears something that she gets more space because people really want to say hello to dogs here all the time. <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, that's a big, big trigger. I feel like with Pepper, if somebody comes your way and stares at her, you get a lot oh. of bounciness and like, oh my god, yeah, actually, that person that, is looking at me. That's exactly what, it's funny because when I was walking her to this place over on the canal where I take her swimming, that exact thing happened. There were these three guys kind of like sitting on the sidewalk and they just started talking to her. Mm -hmm. um, oh, hi. And she, you could just see her. She started panting and her ears wiggled around and her body started kind of hovering up and down. And she, I mean, she's an absolute like spectacle spectacle of adorableness and she starts doing that and then it encourages the people and then they talk to her even more and she does more kind of bouncing so yeah it absolutely they respond to that, that that's stuff. a hard thing with greeting right people people's behavior towards dogs is kind of hard to foresee <laughs> and you basically know, before you get into the greeting it's hard to see what they will actually react and do and yeah how they will yeah and you don't want to tell people to do things. Like, even though I have done that in the past, usually with dogs that more, like, didn't like people that much, you know, that I would be more vocal about it. But if people um, are doing something... Oh, and I have asked people to ignore dogs. That's something that people are willing to do. But I don't really want to be the person, like, to telling people, other people what to do. It doesn't feel very good on my... On yeah, it's the same for me. Yeah. I try to have behaviors on hand. If I get into a situation where they people getting awkward, panicky, like I had with the trail, mm -hmm. I can just get her off. You know, it was very easy for me to get, get Hessie to the right side of me, even though she was already into this whole mess of communication <laughs> between those two. <laughs> you know, it was easy for me to redirect her to something else. And that's all about communication, relationship and behaviors that you can get them out of it, yeah. basically. But um, yeah, like I had another situation. Um, <laughs> so like in Seattle, they are so friendly with the dogs that sometimes they're actually talking with the dogs without talking to us, right? So they are communicating in human, you know, they're actually talking. <laughs> so I had this um, situation on a construction site. There was a ball in the mud. 
So Cassie got the ball, and then the person on the construction site wanted to throw the ball. Uh-huh. So he asked Cass to, like, hey, Cass. Uh, like, no, he didn't say her name. Like, was just like, hey, doggy, you want to play? I can throw it. And then she was, like, she was weird out, curious, so she just bit the ball out. That was her first reaction. was like, you can have it. <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> and then he grabs the ball, was throwing it to her. She got it. You know, she was catching it, and then she threw it out again, and they did it three, four times, you know, like, <laughs> spreading it out and throwing it, and then he was having this really awkward-looking ball in his hand, and was saying towards Cassie, and he didn't say one word to me, right? I'm just, like, I'm a ghost on, these, on, the, on the end of the week. She's just communicating with my dog without me being present in this moment. <laughs> And he was just saying, I can wash it for you and you can take it home with you. And I was like, oh, no, don't wash it. I have like, I have 40 balls at home. I don't want to have it at home. And then he just looked at me like, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> and I was like, all right, then. <laughs> he just was like the weirdest situation ever. <laughs> I mean, he asked a question. Do you want me to? <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's, yeah, that's also something that happens here. You know, it's like, very... it's unpredictable. I think it's, it's very so... strange. Like, what is it like in Germany? I, if oh, I've heard in Europe that completely different don't say hi to each other's dogs like that, do they? No, absolutely not. So it's, com- yeah, it's, ah, I really love it. You know, so like for me personally, I love how people love dogs here. So that's the main reason why I wanted to move back to Seattle, because I love dogs and I'm surrounded with people who love dogs, which... But can't be better than that, right? So in Berlin, I had the opposite directions and reactions. Basically, lots of people passing the other side of the road. They're making lots of space between me and my dog. So many dogs off leash. I mean, it's a big city, right? You wouldn't expect that, but yeah. <laughs> but like greeting wise, not not that many people wanted to say hello to my dog. So my dog was mostly a ghost, which she liked. So she enjoys that. <laughs> But um, I don't know. I like, I like this mentality of wanna say hello to them. I just feel like we just need to help them out. Basically, just need to find ways to helping them through these unpredictable yeah. situations a little bit better. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the answer is. I've obviously I came up with strategies for my dog that involved me asking people to help me out a little bit, like giving a little bit of instruction, like. Um, can we just wait a couple seconds to greet this dog or can you please I instruct clients all the time to um, to help their dogs out by not letting people greet dogs who are uncomfortable with it so I think I don't know I feel like most of the time it goes okay when I do that it's not like I don't think I've ever had anyone get particular. Oh no, that's not true. I have had people get a little bit upset when I said that they couldn't put me down. <laughs> I had it with but, a few kids actually. Yeah. Like um, it's 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 very funny. They're running towards you and they're asking you, "Can I pet your dog? Can I pet your dog?" And I don't think they expect a no. I don't know. <laughs> but if you say, oh, sorry, you can't, they just stop and they have this facial expression that they're almost crying in front of you, which made me feel very bad. But Kaz is just not a dog that you can just run into and pet. It's just, it's just not her, you know? But, like, um, dealing with those situations, basically, most of the times I have her right next to me. So if I see it coming, I use treat magnets a lot. I use treat um, treats on the floor, like treat search a lot. So if I get into situations where I see people being too interested 
in my dog already manage her and then I'm communicating with the person in front of me. Which is a very interesting thing as if your dog looks very calm and very uninterested in the greeting, most people will back off. So there are not many people who just go into a dog who's not really showing any signs of wanna meet them. I have more trouble if I let her shoot because Cassie kind of wants to say hello. But she's also a shy greeter, which means the person needs to be kind of still, looking aside, not moving that much, letting the dog choose all of the movements. And I only do that with people that I actually trust and know that they can do that. If they, if a person who greets her and I don't know that person, I don't want to tell them how to greet her. So I basically don't even allow, yeah. allow it. I only, she needs a specific kind of person's behavior to be able to be acceptable in a greeting <laughs> basically and you cannot do this with a with a stranger there's the other thing that i did when she was a puppy was while checking it out you know like um um i got told by i don't know which trainer it was but like when i got her as a puppy was like oh you can you, um, the person the stranger can give her a cookie or you can get her like a hand touch and like I could let her communicate with this. So I had kids and people giving my giving treats to them and saying, Hey, you can treat my puppy. Which now after five years like, I mean I knew that before, but again the plain said that was like such a bad thing. Because um it's like I said, the behavior of the people is so unpredictable that you basically send them into a greeting which you don't have any control about. You know, you don't. You also you don't want to kind of control them because you don't want to say to the person, do A B C or don't do A B C. You know, you kind of want to have them be themselves. But being themselves means a lot of weird things <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, you know. I think it really depends on the dog because yes, I, absolutely. Because I feel like a lot of dogs are at a place where eating treats from strangers is good for them, that it's a huge pitfall. I think people, like, across the board, they're like, oh, my dog's shy, I'll have strangers feed them. And that can be really, really hard for them because if the do if your dog is really shy or really scared of strangers, and they but they really want to eat that eat chicken or hot dog or cookie or whatever they've got, but they didn't want to be that close to that person, it can be a really bad situation because they, if they get brave enough to go up to the person and eat the cookie, then all of a sudden the cookie's gone and they're right next to this stranger. And and additionally, a lot of strangers feel like once the dog has come up and eaten the cookie... They can touch them. They've, the dog has given them consent mm -hmm. to interact with them. So Which was the biggest downfall that I was seeing. So basically, yeah. she ate the cookie and then saw the hand going all above her head. So she was just making herself like extremely long. You know, she was standing with her paws and extremely yeah. long... Rubber band legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then she was trying to eat it and then I just see the other hand, you know, like the, the people, the person has a treat like, oh, hi, Bobby. And then they were petting her and like, oh, it was a gigantic, gigantic mess. Like with 99% of the people. So, um... If they know dogs, it's easier. So um, say go sideways, down, um, don't look at them, just feeding them behind them, almost no movement, no movement towards the dog. All those kinds of things will help a scared dog, but most of the people just 
They just don't know. Yeah, people just really just don't know. I wish there was some kind of net. Like, Melanie and I both have a bunch of resources about how to do this that we're always telling people and we're always We have the them. communication with a lot of dogs who needs us, yeah. kind of communicating with us. But I wish there was some kind of, like, widespread national something that people were aware of where they could be like, oh, this is how you... I mean, it's starting to get into more mainstream media. There was like, there's been a couple of amazing articles out lately. I found one on dog greetings, like the whole misconception that you should lean over and put your hand in their face, um, which is really not the best way to greet any dog, even a friendly dog. That's actually, I read about the same thing. Yeah. It was actually very interesting. I did that all the time. Yeah. I, I think I did that for the first, I mean, I did it. All the time, and I think the first four years of my dog training career. Sure, that's what I people that. tell you to do. That's what everyone, even someone did that with my dog. They told, I, it was someone wanted to greet one of my dogs, and they said to their little girl, they like, get show her your hand. She has to catch your scent. Yeah. That's what she said. I mean, that is what we've learned. It's very culturally ingrained that you show your dog, you show, you lean over and show the dog, let your dog sniff your hand. That's very ingrained obviously all over the world since you heard it too so it's really hard to get people to back out of that idea that's been around for so long yeah and in this research paper they actually were saying that their dogs their noses are just incredible they don't need it they definitely (laughs) smell you in a bubble away from you they don't need the hand they do not need the hand in fact some of my this happens frequently anyone who's ever walked dogs um, will tell you that the dog knows if the per- their human has been by recently. Oh, yeah. And this will happen. Oh, the like, best friends. And the best friends. Yeah, their doggy friends. They, like, I will walk into an elevator and all of a sudden the dog's, like, just, you can tell they're just freaking out and sniffing the air. They They could tell somebody walked by you know, five minutes ago, and they know that the person is there. Or, you know, they really, they don't need you to put your hand in their face to smell you. They can definitely smell you. They can smell you like crazy, no matter where you are. Even if you're gone, they can still smell that you were there recently. <laughs> yeah, that's so much nicer for the whole communication as the dog does all the way. Yeah. You know, if you don't move anywhere towards the animal, and the animal chooses completely to engage with you, or to it's engaged, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, thanks. <laughs> so it's basically, um, as soon as we get into it, we might pressure them over a point where they feel uncomfortable, they might be getting overexcited, you know, being too close with strangers, all those kinds of things. Yeah. So like for overly excited excited dogs, I really like to use hand touch. Check it out can be helpful, you know, like um, a little bit more calmer checking out people going there, sniffing them, and coming back to you if it's not like you have with a hypersocial animal. Mm-hmm. And um, if we don't want to have any greetings, I really enjoy signs on the dogs. So my dog is wearing something on her collar. She doesn't like to wear harnesses that much. Not a big fan. And I tried a few. <laughs> so I basically have like a sign which says nervous dog to give her like a little bit more space. And for... Even more reactive dogs than mine, you can have um, um, stranger issues and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Like big signs. And if you just have a puppy and you just don't trust. I love dog in training. Yes. Which is also like people getting curious and they still communicating with you. You're kind of getting into the context where you can really good train greetings 
without the greeting because they don't communicate right away with a dog, which is amazing. Dog and training is good for tons uh, of Actually, dogs. for all of the dogs, yeah. probably. <laughs> because it feels really nice and it gives you a really good way to get some distance. And it's good for puppies, even friendly puppies. If you do that with them some of the time, it can help them learn that some of the time, some of the time you don't do greetings with people. It's a really, really beneficial lesson for puppies yeah yeah and just being um calm you know like around people without getting this over excitement basically like i like to i still so i have a reactive dog right but i still go with her to restaurants to breweries just a matter of how to set up the environment so i only go there if i know i get a corner space you know like a space where i can control um, maybe 80 percent of the way that people passing her, I would never sit in the middle because that's just like unpro- like extremely unpredictable. But if you're being on the fence, so some a wall of fences behind you, um, maybe on both sides, and then you have um, nobody is passing you because there's no way for passing you or there's no reason for passing you. Um, so that's very helpful. And you, I would do those all puppies in the beginning, looking for corner spots, training them into these environments without getting um, bumped into situations where the person feels uncomfortable or the dog feels uncomfortable or you, I don't know. That's, I mean, it's an amazing training scenario that you're describing for a puppy for socialization. Like, let's say it's a brewery or a cafe and you bring their little... I always said also rush, rush hours. Yeah, when it's not busy, exactly. When it's not extremely busy. Go in, yeah. A, yeah, exactly. Pick a quiet time to go, bring their mat, bring some treats drink a beer, and put their little vest on that says, I'm in training, because it's an adorable puppy, and people are going to want to say hi, and the puppy can sniff, and and, and they can relax, and they can watch the world go by, and kind of process it in a way that's calm. That is incredibly beneficial for them. Incredibly. Yeah. Yeah. And those scenarios can be in every situation, right? You can have it in a restaurant. You can even be on a very busy street, search for a corner, and do like a little training sessions in there. Yeah. Basically. You could, yeah. It's, yeah. The thing where you can actually use it is like, um, it's like antlers. Yeah. Basically. All right. So I think we, um, we round it up here. Yeah, we're gonna do another. We're gonna do more greetings. Episodes. Yeah, I think we do two, like, probably more. Yeah, the, we there's dog to dog definitely mm-hmm. is another thing. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of there's a lot to talk about with it for sure. But yeah. we're gonna end it here for today. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please share and comment all of the good stuff. See you next time. Bye.